This is Kendra Connor, worship leader at Christ Center Church, and you are listening to Christ Centered Cast. Psalm chapter 9. Psalm chapter 9. Please turn your copy of God's Word or click on if you're using your phone or whatever. Uh, click on that Psalm chapter 9. That's where we're going to be tonight. Just going to be looking at two verses. Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Beginning in verse 1, Psalm 9. To the choir master, according to Muthlaban, a psalm of David. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for... November. Thank you for Thanksgiving, for the opportunity to reflect on you and reflect on all the things that we have for which to give thanks. As we begin this month, when we begin this time in the series, I pray that we would turn our hearts to you in thanks and gratitude. It's in your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So the most famous Beatle, some might say infamous Beatle, John Lennon, once said, or is quoted as saying, Life is what happens to you while you are busy making other plans. Life is what happens to you while you are busy making other plans. We could also say Thanksgiving is what happens to us while we are busy planning for Christmas. Sadly, that has kind of become the new norm. I have seen many memes and things on social media about how people like to jump right from Halloween to Christmas. And I thought, no, no not really, right? People aren't really like that. I mean, I grew up you know, with the, the holiday trifecta of Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Maybe a little bit of New Year's for flavor. But, you know, it was always those three, always thought about those three. Those three were always planned on and planned for. And yet this year in particular, I took the opportunity and made it a priority to really look at and note where Christmas started popping up on November 1st. And sure enough, there were so many places and stores. I got my first YouTube commercial for Christmas on November 1st. And I was like, wow. So this is really a thing. People do, in fact, like to jump from Halloween to Christmas. But what if instead of just letting Thanksgiving happen to us, we decided to prioritize it? Nay, even plan for it. Now, I'm not talking about just planning and preparing food or even coordinating the locations we're going to gather. But what if instead we planned and prepared our hearts for Thanksgiving? How could this potentially change our entire holiday season? if we intentionally planned for and prepared for Thanksgiving and what it means. Today, as we look at God's Word in Psalm chapter 9, we're going to see three things that we can, in fact, do to prepare our hearts this Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving. Psalm chapter 9 is kind of interesting in that this particular psalm is a song of gratitude and thanksgiving written by David, King David, for victory over one of his enemies, as well as his thankfulness and gratitude for God's justice regarding the wicked. So it's really warm and fuzzy. 
No, I jest. But there, there is an element of praise and thanksgiving that David recognizes God hand in, God's hand in Elon's life and God's protection and provision and victory over the threats in his life. We see in the psalm how he expresses that attitude of gratitude toward God for that victory. And you might be sitting there going, okay, I can see where Pastor Sam is going with this. But, you know, he's talking about, you know, vanquishing his enemies and all that. But let me ask you, how many Thanksgiving dinners have you been at where you looked at the person on the other end of the table and went, I don't really like you a whole lot right now. <laughs> I jest. But still, I mean, there may be times where we do encounter or deal with people that we don't. It's not as easy to love as others. And yet, even in spite of those situations and circumstances, we are called, particularly as believers, to be thankful to the Lord and for the Lord. So we look at this psalm and we see David's attitude and his heart of thanksgiving toward God for the things that are happening in his life. We see three different, what I call, like to call thanks things. These are thanks things you can hold on to, you can take with you, and you can remember throughout the rest of the holiday of thanksgiving. And the first thanks thing that we see in these two verses, just two verses, thanks thing number one is we have to choose thanks. Thanks is a choice. While the holiday may just happen to us, if we're not careful, the attitude won't just happen to us. It involves a choice. It's something that we, we have to make a concerted effort to be. Because we, as people, like to take things for granted if we're not careful. But as we look at these two verses, we see David choosing thanks multiple times in just these two verses. If you look at the beginning of the verses, and you look at each line in the, in the strophe there in the verses, he begins by saying, I will give thanks. Then he says, I will recount. Then he says, I will be glad. And then he says, I will sing praise. As he approaches this idea of gratitude toward God for what God is doing and what he has done and what he will do, he makes a concerted effort, a choice, a literal act of the will to be grateful, to be thankful. It's not natural. It's not natural. Being thankful and grateful for what God has done, it gets in the way of our selfishness, doesn't it? It gets in the way of our sense of entitlement, where we just believe. And often, and we, uh, we can struggle with this even as believers, where, and this is something that it, this sneaks up on you if you don't think about it, we can act like, act like or think like that God owes us something just because we follow him. And we get disappointed or upset or disillusioned or disenchanted when things don't work out the way that we think they should just by virtue of the fact that we worship him, as though he somehow owes us that, like he's working for us. It takes work. It takes an act of the will, an act of choice to give thanks to God. And David has determined to do this. It's not natural, but it's a choice that we can make, that we can choose to do. Now, there is one time that saying, I will, does come easy. And that's when there's something in it for us. And in fact, in Isaiah, an example, and it's a, a bad example, I'm just going to lead with that. I'm not bearing the lead on this one. A bad example of somebody who made a choice and said, I will several times, much like this, 
was Lucifer when he decided that he wanted to be the God of his own life. And he said repeatedly that he would ascend, that, that he would take the throne, that he would have power. And again, a terrible example, but also the power of a choice. The power of a choice. So we see that when we exercise our will and we choose to give thanks, ultimately, we must do so when we subject our will to God. It is his will for us to give thanks, and we have to give our will to him. And then he gives us the attitude of thanks and thanksgiving. Because the natural is for us to, to take for ourselves, to I will for ourselves. But we see there is a sanctified I will, and that involves thanksgiving. Choosing thanks is possible when we subject our will to God. It won't come easy. It is a choice but it is a choice that we can make when we give that attitude to him. It also requires consistent, ongoing decision daily. It's not a one-time choice. We can make that choice tonight, and we'll have the opportunity at the end to actually tell God that we do want to make that choice, to be thankful for him and for his presence and his provision in our lives. But then we can walk out here tonight and for the rest of the month, not give any thought to what God has done and who he is. It requires every day recognizing the Lord in our life and recognizing our relationship with him and who he is and redeeming the holiday of Thanksgiving as an opportunity to really focus in on that. Before we get into the month of Christmas, which is you know supposed to be about giving, but is often about giving. Thanksgiving is, is something this month that we can really say, you know what, God, I dedicate this month to you. I dedicate this holiday to you. And whenever I think about anything related to Thanksgiving, I'm going to take two seconds at the very least and say, thank you, God, for who you are and what you've done in my life. We can say, I will give thanks to the Lord. I will recount his wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt in him. I will sing praise to his name. We can take these two verses. We can reflect on these two verses. We can personalize these two verses this Thanksgiving. And we should. But it's a choice. It's a choice. Have you ever thought about choosing to be thankful before? I mean, really thought about making that concerted decision to have an, an attitude of gratitude. I like it because it rhymes. It's fun. But it makes a point. We see that thanksgiving is a choice, and it's one that we need to make. We need to exercise our will. And that's the first thanks thing that we can do as we look at these two verses today. We can choose thanks. The next is this. Not only should we choose thanks, we should also give thanks. Give thanks. It's already built into the word, right? Thanksgiving. Give thanks. So we see that in verse 1 of chapter 9. Let's look at that one again. He says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. So what we have here is a physical expression of David giving thanks to God for his presence and his things that he's doing in his life. And we see that he gives thanks to the Lord with his whole heart. 
what's interesting about this is when we think about the idea of the heart and giving thanks from the heart, we typically associate the heart with emotion. And we think of it as an emotional thing primarily in our country and culture and, and as we understand it in our language. We think heart, emotion, so this is a, a big emotional thing. And it probably was, to a great degree, emotional. However, in the Jewish mind, the seat of emotion was not the heart, it was the guts. So if you talked in terms of expressing emotion, they would often use the stomach or the bowels as the organ from which they expressed their emotion. And when they talked about heart, that was a reference to the inner being, the whole person, who they were at their essence. So when David talks here about giving thanks to the Lord with his whole heart, he's not just talking about being happy or emotional or even expressing that. It's so much deeper and more profound than that when he exercises that gratitude toward God. He gives thanks from his very soul, the essence of who he is. And I don't know about you, but giving thanks is something that I struggle with bringing from my soul. It really, that's there. You, it's it's hard. It's hard to really give all of yourself to that. And if it were easy, everyone would do it, right? But there is a call here. There's a challenge here to give ourselves to the Lord in thanks. To to have that be so much a part of who we are that it just kind of comes out of us. He gives thanks from the core of his inner being. He says, "I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart." And then when he, in doing so, he says that not only is it all of my inside, it's also all of my outside too. He, he talks about how he says, not only will I give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart, with all of who I am, but he says, I will recount. Now, at first when I read that, I initially thought, okay, I get that. This happens sometimes in Bible study. You read over something and you think you grasp it until you dig into it and you're like, oh, I didn't really have the whole picture there. That's the beauty of study. But I thought, recount. Okay, so he's thinking about, uh, meditation or a mental remembering or something like that. But when I read deeper and looked more into this, when he's talking about recounting, he's talking about actually expressing or saying or telling all of these things that God has done for him. So it's from the inward outward. So it's like a retelling of all the awesome, wonderful things that God has done. In, in fact, he says all of your wonderful deeds. So he has this, this attitude from the core of his inner being, they can't help but get out and tell others about how great God is and how thankful he is to God for who God is and what he's done. So it's the people in his life, probably even strangers on the street, he would have no problem saying, look, I am so thankful for what God has done. And David had a pretty good mix of seemingly good and bad in his life, like we all do. And yet, the bad didn't get in the way of his ability to thank God for all of it. And he would recount it. He says, I will, God, I will tell everybody about how wonderful you are. He's, there's a compulsion to share without a joy and thanksgiving that he's experiencing within. In fact, when we look at this, uh, the phrase wonderful deeds, the word wonderful deeds or the phrase wonderful deeds in the Hebrew actually literally means to take the breath away. So just think about that. There are things that God has done in his life where David says, these are so awesome, and you, God, are so awesome that it takes my breath away, but i got to tell folks with what little breath I have. 
Now, I mean, it's, it's that kind of a joy which is just challenging, it's convicting, but it's also encouraging. Because we have it in God's word, and that means it can be something that we can, by the grace of God, because it requires God's grace and strength, we can also implement this in our own lives. We can grow in a way that we have a, a spirit of thanksgiving within us that can't help but come out. Where we recount to people this holiday in particular, hey, you know, we're, we're heading into a couple months that are going to be a whirlwind, right, folks? With coming and going and, and doing all kinds of different things we don't normally do. We're outside of our routine. Inevitably, we are shopping different places, doing different things, going to family gatherings, doing church stuff. And it can be very easy for us to get so wrapped up in that that we forget about what God has done the whole rest of the year. When really it's a perfect opportunity to stop in the midst of all that chaos and say, I need to talk to people about what God has done in my life, what he continues to do in my life, and why I'm thankful for that as you move through the chaos. He says, God, you take my breath away. You're an awesome God. I recount, I retell. I can't help but tell others who you are and what you've done and how awesome you are. Give thanks. When was the last time you thought about something God has done in your life where you were just speechless? You just were like, wow. Wow. You just moved on beyond it or moved on to, to doing other things. But when you stop and think, you're like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Particularly in retrospect. That's amazing. I need to tell someone about that. Particularly maybe even someone who needs to be encouraged about an awesome God. So we see the second thing here in the text is that not only do we choose thanks, not only is it an act of the will, and we subject our will to God who gives us the ability to thank Him, it's also something that we give, that we express. It comes from the inside and makes itself out because it can't help it. Because we have an awesome God who takes our breath away, and we've got to tell folks. But then we see the third. Thanks thing number three. And this is the reason why I decided to preach this this week. And the timing on it is not an accident at all. It's not a coincidence. There's none of that. The third thing is this. The third thanks thing, sing thanks. Which is what we're going to do a lot of next weekend. Sing thanks. And I wanted to this year be intentional about that. Before we get to that praise service, that worship service from that, and singing, I wanted us even now this week to begin preparing our hearts for the service next weekend. To be reflecting on and spending time thinking about the awesome, breathtaking things of who God is and what He does and recounting those, and then coming prepared to let all of that come out next Saturday. So we can sing thanks. We see that here in verse 2. David says, I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name Oh, Most High. We see that when we sing thanks to God, we're actually really here practicing the fruit of the Spirit of joy. I love that because he talks about when he says, be glad, that's a joy. That's not just a temporary happiness. It's literally the fruit of the Spirit of joy that's growing in his life. Of course, we've heard of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, thankfulness, long-suffering, meekness, kindness, gentleness. This is the fruit of the spirit of joy on display. It's a gladness that comes from within. And we saw just recently here, it comes from within the core of who he is, from his heart. 
So he has the fruit of the Spirit of joy growing in his life. And as you grow in the Lord and you cultivate the fruit on that tree, spiritual growth, you see that it can then uh, come out and be practiced. It's a physical representation of what we've got going on within when we sing to the Lord in joy. That's what David says here. He says, I will be glad and I will exalt in you. And another phrase here that's super awesome and interesting is this phrase, exalt in you. That phrase only occurs four times in the Psalms in the Hebrew. And each time he is literally reflecting on God giving him victory over the adversity and enemies in his life. So in this specific context, it is specific to that. And again, I say, are the holidays not oftentimes, whether we like it or not, times of turmoil and trouble and times where we often have issues with family and friends if we're not careful? Because Satan knows that we can use the holidays to celebrate and glorify God, and Satan wants nothing more than to disrupt that with chaos. And he often succeeds, unfortunately. But David tells us he doesn't have to. When we have this attitude in our soul and our inner being and we let it come out and we exalt in God, he has the victory. He gives us victory in these situations and circumstances and relationships of life. And we can praise him ahead of time because David is thanking God and praising God for victory over this one enemy. But this was an ongoing thing for David where he was experiencing the victory of God over his enemies. So this was far from the last battle he would engage in. And yet he knew the God who was going to give him the victory over all of those tumultuous circumstances in life. He says, I will exalt in you. And we can too. In the holidays. But we have to prepare our hearts. We have to choose things and we have to give it. And then we have to sing it. We have to let it come out and express it. We have to exalt in God. And we see that when we sing thanks, it reminds us that God is the most important thing during the holidays. Singing reminds us of that. Every time we hear a Christmas carol, when we get to that point, let it remind you of the greatness of God. But before that, next Saturday when you come and you sing, be reminded of the greatness of God. Now, there's a phrase there in the text we see, O Most High. Now, this was when we went through the Names of God series. This was not one that I chose to do, but it's awesome that God brought it in through this message. But it's the name El Elyon. The name for God, El Elyon, in the Hebrew, which means upper, or to cause to rise. And we see here in the text that he uses the phrase, O Most High, as the God who is over everything and the most important and above all. And we must remember that God is the most important, really, person in our lives during the holidays. And really, all year long. El Elyon. So we sing to the one who is over all and above and is caused to rise. We sing praise and thanksgiving to him, and we will do that next week. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope that you are as well as you are with us here and online. We can sing thanks. That's thanks thing number three that we can do. We choose it. We give it. We sing it to the Lord. We learn that in order to prepare our hearts for thanksgiving. And we should. We must choose thanks. 
We must give thanks and we must sing thanks. So I ask you this by way of challenge as we conclude tonight. Are you prepared for Thanksgiving? Not where you're going to eat and who you're going to see and what food you're going to prepare or where you're going to go shopping on Black Friday or any of that. But are you prepared for Thanksgiving? We're remembering El Elyon, giving thanks to him, singing thanks to him because you've chosen to, to give thanks to him. First, today, make that conscious decision to prioritize giving thanks to him in all of your holiday planning. That's the first thing. Then, after you've made that choice, and my prayer and hope is you're doing it right now even, reflect on the great things that God has done. Recount his awesomeness and the things that who he is and what he's done in your life. Meditate on what God has done that takes your breath away. And then lastly, come prepared to praise El Elyon next Saturday. And even invite someone along who's never heard or has never been to church in a while. Maybe they're struggling or life is difficult right now or they need something in their life and you know it and they've expressed that to you but for whatever reason, it didn't click or register that this might be what they need, take the opportunity to bring them next Saturday and say, hey, it seems like you've been struggling lately. Could you use having your spirit lifted a little bit? Why don't you come with me? I'll even pick you up. I'll meet you there. Invite somebody next week who may be struggling a little bit during the holidays, and the holidays aren't necessarily a pleasant time for them. Bring them out. Let them experience the joy that we have in the Lord. And that we lift to him. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you. We thank you from the core of our inner being, from our very most heart. Lord, we choose that today. And I, my prayer is that we would choose it each and every day going forward, but especially during this month and during the holidays. And Lord, I ask even now that you might bring people into our life that we will encounter this week before our service and in the weeks to come, that we could invite, that we could bring with us who need to know you, Lord, who need to know the awesome God that takes our breath away, that we give our thanks and praise to, that they would know you and come to know your son, Jesus Christ, and know what it means to be able to have a joy that nothing and no one can take away. God, please do that. We love you and we trust you. And we thank you. It's in your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.